This episode of Drama School Dropout contains conversations surrounding mental health and suicide. If you're affected by any of the following conversations and feel that you need help, please contact the Samaritans by calling 116-123 from any phone at any time. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by a gal from Stoke-on-Trent acting her way around Scotland, although soon she'll be waking her way down to Newcastle. Please welcome my former classmate who managed to do what I couldn't and that's finished drama school, Emily Pemberton. Drama School Dropout Graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Found your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. <laughs> Hello, lovely. Hello, darling. How are we? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've actually, I've had an iconic week. Like, I, I've got to say it. Like, I, I know like normally I have depressive weeks, but this week <laughs> has been an iconic week and we I've still like still I've got so many fun things happening this week. So I'm so excited. I'm excited for you, man. So um the lap we've already recorded this episode once. <laughs> yes, we did. Um should should we tell people about that? Um I was <laughs> planning this episode and I phoned Emily to be like, let's what do what do you want to talk about? And we somehow came to the conclusion at one o'clock in the morning that we could just record an episode without any planning fueled by alcohol oh well <laughs> you were fueled by alcohol i was sober as a judge um <laughs> and we recorded for two hours and i think 12 minutes and it was two hours and 12 minutes of absolute chaos yeah no one needs that no, no. one <laughs> I, I also think we didn't we didn't articulate the points that we were speaking on well enough so people are gonna no. be like what the fuck are these idiots on about so here we are, Drama School Dropout, episode whatever number it is, I can't remember. Take two. That was that was my fake clapperboard. I just used my hands. Um, but even then, let's let I mess messaged you the other night while I was actually planning this episode. Um, and I tried to call you and you didn't answer. Do you want to tell them what you told me? Or shall I? I mean, whose accent is it gonna sound better in? Probably yeah. yours. Right, well... <laughs> it was you that said it, so I'll let you say it. You tried to call me, and uh, I was like, boop, no, decline that call. And you were like, just, 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 just have a chat with you. And I was like, sorry, mate, I'm shitting. Are you all right? <laughs> oh, I was like, of course. Like, I'm glad that we've got a friendship that's at that point. <laughs> Better than me picking up. But then I, I would have probably picked up. <laughs> I'd have been like that. Hello. <laughs> Just muting at the perfect time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've actually got that ability down fucking great <laughs> to mute people because I live, my bedroom is right next to a train line, like literally behind my computer, maybe 20 feet away is a train line. And on oh, my Jesus. mic, I've got a mute button. So this button, and when a train goes by, I just mute myself. That's genius, mate. Unless I'm speaking. <laughs> and I'm just like, a, we, I'm just like, we've got a deal with the train. Um, <laughs> but very special announcement. As everyone at home is listening to this, it's Emily's birthday, everyone. Oh, my God. Happy birthday, bitch. Thanks, baby. How does it feel to be turning 30? <gasps> I'm pushing buttons. I'm pushing it. It feels, it feels like I could be 30. Like... Honest, honest to God, I've never been a birthday gal and turning 27, I'm just sort of like, I still feel like I'm 20. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I still feel and like I still I'm 16. Act like I'm 20. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I still have the emotional range of a 16 year old, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're both here. <laughs> oh, this is mm. why I just, I just get called toddler energy all the time. And I'm like, turning 27, and that's still a thing. <laughs> so. You know. um, but happy birthday. Congratulations. Thank you, darling. You've made it another year around the sun. Somehow. Somehow. Some, I don't fucking know how I made it. 
But what I like to ask everyone on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Right. Well, performing, my my dad is a singer and he's like um, in bands and stuff like that. And my mum used to work in a care home and we used to go around singing carols and stuff when I was really young. Love that. Yeah, it was it was cute. Like I used to work in a, a dementia care home as well as like an activities coordinator. Imagine that. <laughs> And we used to do loads of music stuff and it was super helpful. Yeah. But my first acting job was... Job. <laughs> job. <laughs> my first acting I can job. actually say that because <laughs> I remember when we left uni, there were people in our uni class, and I'm not going to name names, that would mm-hmm. you put on Instagram, like, you know, the height of lockdown when everyone was getting really bored and it was like acting bingo boards. And it was like, yes. I had to get naked on stage. Ever. <laughs> I had done them all apart from being paid to act. <laughs> and then in August last year I'd booked the role in like February but in August last year because of COVID and things I got to go and record a little a little audio thing for radio and I got paid a sum of 50 pounds mate we've all started somewhere oh listen I, I'm not slagging 50 quid I got paid <laughs> to be an actor you have acting bingo now yeah like I've won house <laughs> But yeah, that that was cool. See, when somebody was like, oh, what, what are you doing this week? I was like, I'm being paid to act. I'm not doing it for free anymore. I'm waiting for that call. <laughs> I've not had one yet. But yeah, my first acting role was, you know, your typical basic bitch nativity. Um, oh, we'd love that though. Yeah. Do you know what? You, it's where most people start in it. And like, Who were you in the um, nativity? I was the main star. A oh, theme so that's followed so you, me. But, so you didn't book a main role like Mary. The, I mean, I mean, did Mary get to sing? <laughs> no, and I did. <laughs> Mary did get to be the mother of Christ, though. I can't remember oh. who I was in the nativity. I know I wasn't Joseph because I was fat. Boo! You'd be one of the I'm, three wise men. Probably not. I was. I was probably <laughs> like a doorknob on the manger, something <laughs> like that. Didn't have doors, but no. My my school and. I found this quite true throughout school, actually. Popular kids always got the main roles. Mm, Politics. Not the people people who were good at acting. (laughs) I think that's why I hated Troy Bolton. I was was Team Sharpay all the way. Oh, my God. I see that. I do see that. How pissed would you be off? Like, Gabriella? No, right? This is how passionate I am about this subject. I can't even speak about it. Ryan and Sharpay have put all of this work into this theatre department, right? And then Troy and fucking Gabriella, who didn't even turn up on time to the auditions, booked the main roles. Nah. I don't think so. I think Troy was slipping Miss Darbus one, and that's why he got the main role. Like, I mean, also, have you seen him? Not going to lie, bop to the top and break free, <laughs> bop to the top in its namesake is a bop. Absolute banger. Like, that yep. bitch couldn't even take her fucking lab coat off for the first half of the thing. <laughs> Go on, Gabriella, man. Like, fucking put some welly into it, love. <laughs> nah, I've always, like... Even fucking when they were doing... Um, I, I'm going to just point out that I know the majority of these songs because I was in High School Musical. Um, oh, nice. What, what I've been looking for, um, that one... Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. <laughs> they even do that better. They put on a show. It's like you are the music in me. Right, let's stop talking about High School Musical. But yeah, fuck oh. Troy and Gabriella, Team Sharpay mm. all the way. I, I mean, mm. I even went a little bit off Ryan because he was like a little turncoat snake, wasn't it? <gasps> Controversial. <laughs> I, I, I loved Ryan. I played him. He is so like we used to do it. We did a drinking game, and you had to drink every time he changed his hat. I was wrecked. I was so annoyed because obviously when I was in school, we had no budget, um, mm-hmm. and I only had one hat. Boo! I was like, <laughs> it's not Ryan if I've only got one hat. Oh, well, he mean, does. I mean, we, we're fucking really getting off topic here. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> this is going to be a theme, I think. <laughs> yes, I, I can see this happening. Um, yeah, I, I said in the beginning that you've done what I couldn't do. And I, this is what I've been saying to everyone recently. I texted Jack May the other day and I was like, one of us had to graduate. Um, <laughs> How do you feel? You're done. Or do you are you what? done? I'm, I 
got some extensions thanks to one of my lovely lecturers. Oh, we love that. So I've got an extra week. So everyone's off celebrating getting pissed right now. And I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're doing that anyway. You're celebrating I mean, yeah. off getting pissed. <laughs> Literally, yes. So I just have to try and behave for one more week. And then then I'm then I'm done. I'm very exciting. So I... Are you feeling a little bit scared that now it's out into the industry? My good God, I'm absolutely terrified. Like, See, absolutely I, I terrified. obviously didn't last long enough and you need to, like, know what was about to happen. Have you got a show reel in that? Like, have you done all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got a voice reel. I've got a show reel. Um, we got our last, like, because obviously our last production was online. So we got the recording of that through that we can send out to agents and stuff as well. But, you know, you know, in you're an anxious person anyway and you've got yeah, to me. email people you don't know and you're like hello I'm really sorry to bother you um <laughs> if you've got the time that's a perfect segue then like because I, I wanted to talk about mental health in mm-hmm. uni and it's really funny actually because you were one of the first people that I messaged when I was starting this podcast and yeah. for some reason times just didn't match up and I had always wanted to do a full episode with you about mental health in uni yeah. So, because obviously, from the title of this podcast, I did not do well in uni. How have you found, it, especially like when you couple it up with a global pandemic? See, even before the pandemic, it was relatable content. Diff- <laughs> yeah, it was very difficult. It was very difficult, and like, I didn't start because obviously I've been on medication for the last God knows like six years or something on and off, and. You sort of think when you feel better, you're like, oh, I I can stop taking these now. Don't do that, folks. (laughs) Don't do that. um, I didn't start making the most of uni until... Until I left. (laughs) No, I plummeted after that. That bitch is gone. That bitch is gone. (laughs) No, it was fourth year. Like the very start of fourth year, I was having a, God, just a terrible time. It's just a theme. But there was... um, a big big recurring theme in my life since about 15 years old there is there's um obviously you can get therapy and stuff through your uni I've had a therapist that you know you can only get a certain amount of sessions but um a couple like last week actually one of my lecturers emailed the head of that department and was like look Emily really needs some help and they got me back in touch with the therapist that I had oh that's so good um yeah so like I can't fault them at all for how they've sort of helped me and the extensions they've given me and therapy's been an absolute godsend you know um I can fault them but that that's a different story yeah 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 but that's actually a massive story that is a huge story I I sort of need to like sit down and talk about it and put it out into because I think for everybody that doesn't know last year I wanted to be a YouTuber I don't know why and I made this big video about why I left uni but it was specific to one of the lecturers but I think I should actually sit down and talk about it because I left uni in a in a state of mind where I could have quite easily have taken my own life. And I heard from no one. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a bit shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were other factors that I, I should really sit down and talk about because when I was in that mind state of, oh, I could very easily kill myself right now and be out of that that um that environment, I didn't kill myself, but I took myself out of the environment. And from the moment, actually, it happened before I even left uni. When I said those words, I'm leaving, Mm. the weight just lifted off. And there must be hundreds of thousands of people around the country that that are going through that. And I I think I'm sort of, I don't want to lose, it's a bad word to say, but I'm going to say it. I'm sort of a depression at uni success story. Yeah, yeah like there'll be hundreds and I'm not trying to like sort of say that I'm the only one that's ever came out of uni being depressed and then got better like that is is not the case at all but so unprofessional (laughs) it's my mum I'm gonna just quickly tell her I'm doing a podcast (laughs) hello I'm recording a podcast right I'll speak to you in a bit love you too bye bye I'm gonna I'm gonna put my phone on silent now so so professional so yeah where was I um yeah, there'll be there'll be lots of people. I mean, it was even a storyline on EastEnders that there was a student oh, really? who had too much pressure and she ended up trying to take her own life. So it's really not an uncommon case. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think people really understand because even at the time I was really worried about disappointing my parents. 
because oh, I was yeah. the first person in my family to go to uni. But that whole experience was so much better for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's difficult as well, because obviously with depression and stuff and making decisions is hard enough. But then when you feel like you're at a point where you can make one, you there's so many other factors of am I going to be a burden for doing this? Or am I putting my burden onto other people for trying to talk about this? Like there's so much going on in your head. And sometimes people will be like, so what's wrong? And you can't tell them. Yeah, because you can't I, figure I it out. I remember we were doing... Um, restorative theater so like restoration Mm -hmm. and that was the darkest time like i am telling you now darkest time of my life i was coming home every night crying coming home and i remember because this was maybe like in november i want to say and my Mm -hmm. mind was like 95 percent made up that i was leaving i don't know why i just didn't tell them all to fuck off then and there and i remember the lecturer saying to me but this is how i want you to do it and i remember saying I know how you want me to do it. I just can't do it. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this right now. Mm-hmm. And I cried in front of everyone. Most embarrassing moment of my life. Like, this lecturer was a bit of a dick. Um, and I cried in front of everyone in my group. And I felt like such a burden. And the imposter syndrome was already, like, I was like, I'm wasting all of these people's time, which then made me feel worse. Um, and everybody's sort of sitting uncomfortably while I just sit in tears. And then she was like, and then the lecturer actually said to me, um, you're just wasting everyone's time here. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't help. Just ask me to leave. Yeah. I was like, because I can't do right. If I try and if I just try and get through it, I, I nitpicky is you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. And if I don't come in, it's where the fuck are you? Because you can attest my attendance was terrible towards the end of when I left. Do you know one time, and I've never told this story before, I got on the train from Glasgow to Edinburgh. I got Mm -hmm. to Edinburgh Waverley and we were supposed to be at our uni that was in Edinburgh. We weren't going to the other one. And I walked outside Waverley and I just thought, I can't do this today. Mm -hmm. I turned around and I got back on the train. And I phoned and I said, my train didn't turn up. I'm really sorry. I'm not going to make it in today. Well, do you know what? Sometimes that's a form of self-care. And, you know, like you have to be able to decide and notice when something's too much and be able to make that decision to be like, nah, not today. I don't think I, when I did drop out of uni, I don't think I was in the position to make the mistake, not the mistake, the Mm -hmm. decision. Like I didn't know whether I was doing the right thing or not. But I was like, if I don't do it, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if I have to put up with one more minute of this, I'm done. And now look at you. Now look at me. I'm so sexy. <laughs> you always were, baby. I know, but I just, I wasn't confident enough. <laughs> Mood. Now I know my self-worth. Damn straight. Um, yeah, no, uni was a, was a funny thing because I, I wouldn't, somebody asked me the other day, would I go back and like, if I could have a magic button and go and just not go to that uni, I, would I press it? And I said, no. Mm-hmm. Like I learned a lot about myself and I'd, like that was the biggest struggle I've had in my life so yeah. far. <laughs> There's more coming, baby. <laughs> Let's not jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> There's more coming. I'm sure the shit isn't over the hill. Um, but do you feel like there's been any pressure lifted since now you're sort of done? Do you know what? Now I feel like it's a different pressure. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously you you had work that you had to do and scenes that you had to film and scripts you had to learn and, and that kind of stuff. Whereas now it's the pressure of, right, well, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but <laughs> you, you know, know what, like... right, and I have always been open and candid about the fact that I sort of rank people in my head and it's really kind of a toxic trait of mine <laughs> but like especially in like acting classes and things I always rank people and I like I don't know why because I am I'm who like who am I <laughs> like I have no importance at all in the grand scheme of things but like in my head I've got like a master list um and you were always at the top you are so talented and so um like just genuinely like you've got such a timing it's so great. And I was actually really upset that we never got to work with each other. I know. I genuinely, I pre- I genuinely appreciate that so much. Because you know what I'm like? I'd never be telling myself stuff like that. No, you are. And I would say there were lots of talented people in our, our uni class. Um, but I would put you at number one. 
You know, I, I always remember is that class that we had that was like the close proximity class and we had to hug for like a minute. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you were my partner for that bit. We had all those tiny little um, exercises that we had to do. And one was hug for 30 seconds and then you had to move around and find somebody else and you had to hug for a minute. And me and you were like, I cannot remember this. That just shows you how much like PTSD and mental Mate, blockage I've done of that. Depression, like the past five years have been a blur for me. Like it, depression absolutely fucks with your memory, like no man's business. I, I genuinely, I don't know. I, I have blocked a lot of uni out. Like I will 110% mm-hmm. say that. I am, um, I found the recordings of our old lecture, like our tutorials where we sat and basically they made me cry for 35 minutes at a time. Um mm-hmm. And I made myself delete them maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't really think about it anymore. I found the journal that they made us keep. Yeah, yeah. It was only half full and it's a massive notebook and normally I'd save it, but I threw it. Um, it's just a time in my life that I don't really want to remember. Yeah. And that's healthy. It's healthy to do that. And it's a time in my life that I don't really want to associate myself with anymore, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think I would make the active decision now, not with anyone that was in the class, well, maybe a few, but, like, if I walked into a paying job tomorrow and one of the lecturers were there, I think I'd leave it. Yeah. And that may sound stupid because it's a paying job, but I I know what I went through working with those people before. And don't get me wrong, some of them were lovely and the majority of them did what they could to help me, but that's... And you don't have to comment on this, obviously, um, these are my opinions and my opinions only, but a lot of the support was very much lacking. Yeah, I feel like that's what's so wild is like uni is such a different experience for every individual because of stuff like that. Because like, I feel like mine and yours was totally different experiences in that regard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is wild. But let's move on to happier times. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking welcome to Drama School Dropout, the most depressing <sighs> podcast out there. Um, a little hypothetical question for you. If we were following mm-hmm. the government's guide, uh, the government's advice, which we're not going to, we are not retraining um, just to let Boris know, fuck you, Boris, fuck the Tories. Um, the government and fuck Boris it. Yes, I'm here for that. But if we were going to retrain, because for mm-hmm. various reasons, what would you want to do? Right. Do you know what? When I was 16, 15 or 16, I had to do a like work placement thing at school. And I went to the vets down the road. And uh, like, I, I love animals to pieces. I'd absolutely love to work with animals. And it was a great week, had had such a wonderful time and the vets were wonderful and then realised you had to be good at science. And uh, <laughs> Well, was I, I was going to say, I can't imagine you being able to put an animal to sleep. Oh, no. see, one day there was three animals that, that had to be put down and it was absolutely awful. But also interesting because you gave a different answer than the last time. Yeah, we... I know. What was the last time? You I said, said you wanted to work in an old man pub. Oh, God, yes. Yes. It's kind of wild that like, I have done both of those Vet things in some capacity. Old man pub, like <laughs> there's, I could do there's all three, absolutely right? no lineage there of like <laughs> there's no like there's nothing that connects those three things together. But you no. can always be an actor who plays a barmaid in an old man pub. You can always be an actor that plays a vet. You see, you see, I feel like old man pub is where my skill set lies. And just being able to chat to people all day, every day. And, uh, you know. I get bored of people, though, sometimes. (laughs) Like, uh, you know how people talk about their social clocks and how it's, like, time to go when their social clock runs out? Very much Mm -hmm. true. Like, I will talk for hours and hours upon end. Like, one of my favourite things to do is this podcast where all I do is talk to people. And some people have said a little bit too much. Um, (laughs) But, like, there's a point. It's why I live on my own. Like... There is a point where it's just like, I need quiet. I need mm-hmm. peace. I just need to be able to scroll through Twitter and see what Nicola Sturgeon's doing. What a queen. Yeah. What um, a queen indeed. Again, fuck Boris, fuck the Tories. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know if I'd be able to t- talk to somebody, which is why my answer would be a book editor. I know I've said it millions of times on the podcast. 
I think that's a great one for you. But I would literally get sent a manuscript yeah. and I could sit on my own in the choir and I could You'd literally be Jude Law from the holiday and it would yeah. be amazing. <laughs> I could sit in the choir, read a book and tell people that they're wrong. <laughs> it's what I should be doing. Why am I fucking about with acting? All my favourite things. <laughs> literally, the choir <laughs> reading, telling people they're wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> what I live for. Um, but we're going to jump back on the university bandwagon now for just a second, but we're going to talk about it in a more positive light. Mm -hmm. One of the main drawing points to the particular uni that we went to was at the end of everything that you got, and this is sort of going to give it away um, where we went to uni, and you'll be able to find out where we went to uni, but I won't name them, even though I'm currently drinking from a branded <laughs> water bottle from that uni. Um, but yeah, one of the main drawing points to our uni was at the end of it, you were going to get a show at the Edinburgh Fringe. How has it been trying to work through that process during this massively unprecedented time? Because I mean, have you even been into uni, into an actual classroom more than five times? I think we started going back into uni. Um, and the only time we went into uni was for that module, was for the fringe module. Um, it was around about m March. I think like the start of March was when we started going back in yeah. uh, like once a week just to because obviously before that we were doing zoom rehearsals and stuff and it's just so difficult to convey your energy and stuff especially for like if it's a lively play that you're doing it's it just adds breathes life into it when you're in the room with the people that you're doing it with you know oh i've missed nothing but the theater this year yeah big Fuck my parents that live miles away <laughs> i just i want the theater back but did i not read something the other day that theaters are, i want to say that at the time of release, which will be on the 29th, mm -hmm. theatres across Britain are now open. Oh, shit. Oh, I, just got a bit, <laughs> I, I just got a bit tingly downstairs, not going to lie. <laughs> um, but also then to piggyback on that, if you're listening and you have the means to do so, please support your local theatre. Most mm. theatres have bars in. Please just go and buy a pint out of them. Buy a ticket. Buy buy something if you have the means to. Please, I'm not telling you to go and spend your last penny on shit that you do not need. That's my job <laughs> um, because I spend money on shit that I don't need. Um, but yes, please support your local theatres and theatre companies. There was one thing that they were doing. They did a great thing over lockdown. And that's how um, like our flat watched Minari was that Filmhouse was still selling tickets to see it so we all bought tickets through there so they still got the money for it and then we just watched it at home I was like what a great idea that is so how did that work out was it like a website that you logged on to or did this like give you a dvd yeah you you went on to the film house website and then you could just because obviously Minari it was before the Oscars and I always have this thing of trying to watch all the films up for best picture before I love the, Oscars. the Oscars comes on um I, did you watch it this year no mate it was it was actual special. I'm going to tell you why I love the Oscars. I love watching people in fabulous garments cry mm -hmm. because they've just been given a little statue. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like, I'm going to say it once and I'm, saying, I'm going to say it again. I am not a fan of films. <laughs> I, I, said, I said this once in front of a lecturer that I thought was going to slap me. They're too long. They are <laughs> too long. And I will say it proudly, like... They're too long, but the Oscars, I love watching people in beautiful garments that are rich as fuck, that are millionaires mm. crying <laughs> over getting this tiny gold statue. It humbles me. I don't know why, but it humbles me. <laughs> These millionaires in beautiful garments. Oh, imagine being a millionaire. Imagine that. Oh, I can't even imagine <laughs> having a hundred quid. <laughs> Literally. Literally. And... Um, but yeah, so you are part of a theatre company called F-Bomb Theatre. Is that the mm -hmm. correct name or is it just F-Bomb or is it? Yeah, F-Bomb Theatre, yeah. Oh, and look, points for me. My research worked. <laughs> that is and research. You, and you are doing a play called After Party. Yes. What's yep. it about without giving anything away? Yes, without getting in trouble by our fabulous writer, Rachel. It's um, basically about five... Uh, five girls that have just finished their last exam at school and they go That's out. I'm and... so sorry. I struggle to keep a straight face when you tell me you're playing a 16 year old. No, no. <laughs> we had this issue the last time. <laughs> 
Just imagine that. A fucking 27-year-old. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm genuinely only joking. I, gen, I think you fit the role. No, I had to wear I'm a Sorry, I couldn't uniform. say it with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking imagine me walking through Edinburgh with a fucking school uniform on. I bet you look like a call girl. <laughs> I'll have to see Not your like sugar one. daddy with a schoolgirl fetish. I, uh, you know what? It doesn't actually sound too bad when you say it like that. If, if there's money involved, I'd, I'll put a schoolgirl uniform on. I'm here for that. <laughs> so yeah, that actually is a massive segue because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a a choice now. I f- forgot what the mm-hmm. word choice was there. Um, <laughs> so you can either have a hypothetical question. Or mm-hmm. a fun segment that I will never do on this podcast ever again. Oh my god! Oh my god! You know how indecisive I am. I'm looking around for a coin. I don't have one. <laughs> right, make the decision. Right, so we know you're moving to Newcastle, so mm. you can either have a hypothetical question or my moving gift to you. Gift, gift. Right. <laughs> So this segment, uh, for everybody that doesn't know, I grew up in the Northeast. I went to secondary school in the Northeast and uh, my stomping grounds in Newcastle. So this next segment is called Geordie Translate. (laughs) So I thought that this segment could be my little gift to you for moving. So I have six phrases that you will more than likely hear in Newcastle. So we can go through them. And instead of Google Translate, I will be your Geordie translator. Incredible. Okay, right. I'm excited. So number one, we're going to start off dead easy. Mm-hmm. And you can ask me to use them in a sentence if you're not sure. Okay. I'll eat. Oh, it's just like being, I'll eat pet. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> number two, geet. Um, is that like, uh, like get, like go? Like... No. Oh, shit. <laughs> Would you like me to use it in a sentence? Yes, please. My tits are geet big. Very? Yes. Oh my God. I would not have got that. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, gadgy. Uh, oh, sentence, please. That gadgy hour there looks mental. Um, guy? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Number three, radgy. Oh, that's got to be like mad with it. Surely. No, not mad with it. Um... Ingram. Is a radgy. Riot. Yeah, yeah, basically. Imagine that wasn't it. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, bitch. Um, number five, hoi. Uh-huh. Hoi. Hoi. Is that like, um, like a, oi? Like, no. Oh, <laughs> doing terribly here. Hoi is those headphones. What, like how? Hoi. Hoi. So, hoi is the remote? Where? Throw us the remote. Um, um, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Number five, and this is uh, number six, sorry. And this is different from the Scottish word. Mm-hmm. Canny. Oh, that's like, um. oh, no. Because uh, obviously Scottish is like, oh, can you do that? Yeah. Um, oh, that's canny, that. like Emily, like, oh, I think you're proper canny. I love that. I love it so right. much. And then bonus one for a last one, because I've just thought about it, because you will need to know it. You will okay. need to know it, mortal. Oh, is that like absolutely wrecked? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll use that one the most. Right, so let's go through it. Arit means all right. <laughs> gadgy is a guy, like a male normally, like that gadgy looks dodgy. Okay. Uh, Raji is an idiot. Um, <laughs> hoi, so you, hoi is the remote. So throw us the remote and canny, which is dead canny. I love, I love canny. Got, That's my favorite. Newcastle is geet big. <laughs> and geet also big. just a bit of advice. Never say you're gandun the tune. People will look at you like you're an idiot. <laughs> Noted. Noted. You cannot They'll do that anyway. That. <laughs> <But> uh... <laughs> so now we're going to talk about something that, you actually, I'd never really thought of in depth until we recorded this episode the first time. And then mm. I actually ended up speaking about it in a drama school interview yesterday. Um, Amazing. Oh, it went shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that, that was my last chance for this year. But we're going to talk about elitism, mm-hmm. which we had a very heated discussion about 
And I, yes, I think we we're sort of allowed because we're two working class actors, so we can say it. Yeah. And I ended up talking about it in drama school audition. That's the one. Fucking drama <laughs> school. It's the name of the fucking podcast, Ingram. Um, <laughs> because I was asked to talk about why I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And I always remember that when I was in year 11, my chemistry teacher tried to have me taken out of GCSE drama to focus on GCSE science because science is a core subject and will lead mm. me into reliable jobs. And But even back then, it didn't happen. I told them I wouldn't come back to school if they took me out of drama. <laughs> um, but like, even then, I knew that I was never going to use science ever, ever. Like, mm-hmm. not, there was never going to be, a ch- I knew I'd never use maths, I'd never use science. And people were like, well, if you need to know things, I was like, I'll be rich enough because I'll be an actor and I'll just pay people to do <laughs> it for me. But like, when I was, I was really hot headed when I was in school and I just didn't care about things that I wasn't passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's something that I've actually found. And it's something that I'm really passionate about is the continuation of arts education within comprehensive schools because yeah. we were all sort of cattle led to go to a reliable subject that would lead to a real job that would lead to real money. Yeah. And I don't agree with it. Our A-level class, there were six of us and that was it. Six of us. Well, I didn't do A-levels. Um, I dropped out. <laughs> I sense a theme. <laughs> there's, a, there's a theme here if we get it. No, I didn't do A-levels. I, I signed up to do a B-tech, but mm. it was a B-tech. <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine the kinds of people that were on a B-Tech. Um, he is the kind of person that was on a B-Tech. That three months later, I saw him on one of those paedophile pages. Like, they had, oh, had been scammed. Like, not scammed. That's the wrong word to say. A paedophile vigilante group. So yeah. those are the kinds of people that I were with. So that's the reason I dropped out. Right. And what was I going to say? But my GCSE class was filled but there was only three of us that took it seriously. Absolutely. 27 other people thought it was an easy GCSE. Yeah, literally. Yeah. There was a boy in our drama class. And if you want to listen to the full story, go back and listen to episode four with Robin Walker and Katie Ryle, who were the, uh, us three were the ones who took it seriously. We spoke about the time that this boy who could sing, but he was never going to have a career outside of being a scrap man, um, stacked five tables on top of each other and climbed to the top of them. Um, massive health and safety risk, but we had a massive drama studio that had massive high ceilings. And yeah, like people thought it was a piss take. Oh, big time. That's, that's... I think there was only like six of us that took the exam out of the 30 of us. Oh, Jesus. Like, I totally agree with you. I feel like that, I feel like that must be the case for so many people in GCSE drama that, because that's all it was. It was just people taking the piss. And just like, oh, yeah, it's drama. Who gives a shit? Well, do you know what I mean? Well, I found out that my school doesn't even offer drama anymore. Oh, my God. That's such a shame because drama was like my sort of massive escape. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. And the the thing is, especially with this government as well, and there was all that shit about like, oh, retrain, be something else. Instead of putting funding that they could afford. The funny thing is that the arts weren't a viable option, but they were paying people in the arts to make those fucking posters. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to make it make sense. I'm going to call out colleges here. And I think colleges Mm. are a massive issue with acting and they need to sort it out. Do you know to get onto an A-level drama course, you don't have to have a GCSE in drama? How does that even work? You have to have a GCSE in English. Oh. There is no mm. actual acting course other than if you go on to like higher education, like your degree. But going into like a BTEC course or a HNC or an NQ in Scotland, all you need is an English qualification. And I think that's where the colleges need to come on board and say, no, you need to have studied this at... Mm-hmm a younger level because then the schools may actually realize that these are people's lives and dreams yeah and then they need to offer these and also drama isn't just acting there are people that i went to college with that now have great presentation skills they have Mm -hmm. so much more self-confidence i'm going to shout her out maria johnston one of my favorite people in this entire world world she's actually on my wall over there this one Mm -hmm. um she came into college and was the quietest person I had ever met. 
and she grew so much over those three years. So yeah, you get communication skills, presentation skills, life skills. You get empathy. You get you build connections with people that it's just it's just you don't see it anywhere else. Like no. it's it's such an important part of life. And and people just look at it and they're like, oh, it's just acting there, isn't it? And it's like, well, no. <laughs> like, and those everything. people that are saying it's just acting were the same ones at the beginning of lockdown that were going, well, only actors need to get new jobs, but make sure EastEnders is on tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it doesn't work that way, love. Like, I'm really sorry. And like, just for an example, I think I spoke to someone not long ago and do not quote me on this number and I'm not going to name the soap just purely and it's not Hollyoaks because I'm aware that I'm about to have just released an episode with Myra McQueen from Hollyoaks I'm going to say it's not Hollyoaks <laughs> but one of the major British soaps it costs £200,000 an episode to make they are churning out four episodes a week that is £800,000 per week so what are they bringing back into the economy mm-hmm. Because that has to be massively profitable for them to continue making it. Yeah. How much tax are people paying? The theatres, we've got massive culture we are known around the world for Shakespeare, for the West End. Mm-hmm. Do you think, see when I think about the, the great TV shows that I grew up that represented who I was, like a working class person, Shameless, Two Pints Lager and a Packet of Crisps, um, Skins, um, mm. help me out with some more if you can think of any. <laughs> because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm wrapping my head Benidorm Benidorm was well oh Benidorm um, Still Game all of these TV shows that represented working class people were all on at night time yeah that's a massive form of elitism in itself that's literally what I was thinking when you were listing them off I was like I wasn't allowed to watch them when I was a kid no me neither I did I did <laughs> I watched them all when I was too young but that's a massive form of elitism because we weren't being exposed to our own kind. I think, like, we were talking about this last time we recorded it, and we were trying to think of, like, I couldn't think of a single person um, that had a Stoke accent that I could actually think of. And there's obviously, there's um, Adrian Rollins, who's from Stoke, and you've got northern accents, like Stephen Graham and Maxine Peake and, and Steve Pemberton and um, Sarah Lancashire. What an absolute queen she is. Oh, what a queen. And you also, I, I actually clocked that not long ago. Steve Pemberton. Any relation? I wish. I wish. I, every time I see his name, though, I'm like, <laughs> like, maybe. Yeah, I clocked that not long ago because I was inviting a few of the Benidorm people on the podcast. Mm-hmm. They all said no. <laughs> um, but I clocked, isn't it? There's only, there's only really two that I want to interview from Benidorm. Three. Yeah, three. I want to do Jacqueline the, the Swinger. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's she called? Madge and um, Siob- Siobhan Fernan. I think I'm oh, saying Madge her name correctly. Is hilarious. But yeah, all of those TV shows were on like a pre uh, post watershed. Mm-hmm. And it's really shit. So I really hope that because even MI High, which was set in like a comprehensive school, those kids weren't in a fucking comprehensive school. They put one kid in a fucking flat cap and were like, yeah. Yeah, these are the poor people. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's difficult because apart from shows like that, most of the time the working class person or it's like a it's like a trope, and they're there um, as the butt of a joke. Yeah, there's no depth. Um, it's like the only thing about that person is that they're working class, not that they're an actual person. Yeah, because you know? I'm going to say another controversial thing. I think they should show Shameless in schools. Maybe not to like year eights and year nines, but tens and elevens, 15 and 16. There's not much in there that they don't know about. Not going to lie. Like, I'm going to ask the serious question now. Were you a virgin when you were in school? You're going to say yes, aren't you? Adam, sorry. No. (laughs) Yeah, same. Absolutely not. Right? Yeah. So all of these things that made massive strides, we had sex workers on TV. Yeah. Like, we had... Uh, drug dealers <laughs> not so great but like intravenous drug users that weren't seen as addicts and they were part of the community but yeah I think they should show Shameless and, and not I'm not saying sit down and let them watch all fucking 11 seasons but yeah. pick some fucking episodes where there's like really important themes and issues like you can learn much more off of television and off of these main major dramas 
than you can. Yeah, it's like about... all you have usually is like Jeremy Cow show and Benefit Street and and all the these kind of shows. Yeah, and these kind of shows. Extent, it's just it's they're not so much like that anymore. But even to the extent of the only way is Essex and Geordie Shaw and the Valleys to throw that one right mm. back. But they were, sort of, <laughs> they were taking the piss out of these people. When Holly yeah. Hagen walks in with her big red, big red hair and big boobs, we were like, what the fuck is this? And yeah. these were just not, they're not like that anymore. They're very polished and glamorous and having a lure. But if you go back and you watch the early seasons of this, it's it's normal people and the shows became popular because they were so outrageous. But had they not shown the outrageous stuff and the normal stuff, it wouldn't have been what it is and it wouldn't be on today. But we're going to give you the hypothetical question now. We're going to move on. Oh, you know, okay. We're getting we're getting really fucking heated, and this isn't this isn't what this is about. It's the <laughs> place of love, baby. We love it. Um. So, if you were booked to do a show in a West End for a month, and you could pick anyone in the world with no financial restraints, who would you pick to be your co-star? Mate, I've been thinking about this since the last time you asked me, <laughs> and it's it's still it's still it's still City and McKellen, but. I have such a love for Olivia Coleman. Yes. Well, mine has changed. Mine has it? Has Who is it now? Sheridan Smith. Oh, she's wonderful. She is wonderful. Like one of my favourite actors ever. And that's that's not because I've been on a two pints binge because I was um, interviewing <laughs> Susan Nixon. Uh, but like it's, it's some genuine iconic moments. But yes, Surya McKellen, Olivia Coleman. Right. Let, let's imagine that, right? Sheridan mm-hmm. Smith. Her mum is Olivia Coleman. Her granddad is Ian McKellen. Somebody write the, that show. Somebody the write play, that show. It's written by Martin McDonough. No, just do no, it. Do no, it. no, 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 not Martin McDonough. I'm sorry. I'm oh. not that. The play. Oh. Bye. I'm gonna say it again. The play Ingram Noble. <laughs> no, I'm not that fucking conceited. The play is written by Susan Nixon. Can we have a little joint? Little yeah. joint writing. Su- Susan Nixon, Martin McDonough, and I'll edit it and tell them <laughs> wrong. Deal. Deal. Could you imagine me telling those people that they were wrong? <laughs> I think I'd leave the country. It'd be a sight to see. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk about a really, really fun thing now. And it, it was sort of like, it should be your introduction in life. <laughs> Hi, my name is Emily Pemberton, and I was on Still Game. <laughs> yeah man yeah that was what fun. was that like that was... that's one on one of my favorite tv shows and i suppose i can ask you this question um if you could have three tv shows that are no longer like on on airing mm-hmm. that you could be in which ones would you pick <gasps> so mine would be shameless two pints mm. and it used to be still game but i'm gonna have to bump it sorry ugly betty oh ugly betty so shameless, two pints ugly betty i would go only Fools and Horses, um, Buffy, because imagine just kicking some serious ass. <laughs> and oh, I, I've gone on a real Shit's Creek binge lately. What a phenomenal show that is. And to have been a part like, of that would have been I, special. I, I, I'm going to say it. I've never mm. watched it. Ingram, mate, you would love it. The writing is unbelievable. It's absolutely mental because I I don't like watching new things. Did you see that thing that there was like a meme and it was like people who have anxiety tend to watch the same (laughs) thing over and over again because they know what's going to happen and it's a comfort. That Mm. is me because there's certain TV shows that I absolutely love, like Orange is the New Black. But I remember before I started watching, I didn't want to watch it. I thought it was going to be shit. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite TV shows now. There's loads of things out there. Like I still haven't watched Bridgerton. I haven't watched The Crown. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched Shit's Creek. Like I'm, mad, I'm, not, I'm another one that people will be shot by. Never watched Stranger Things. Interesting. But the one thing that I did watch that I wish I'd never watched, mm. but I only watched it because I wanted to form an opinion on it, and I watched the first two seasons and didn't watch the last two. Thirteen Reasons Why. I watched the first season, but I didn't Disgusting. watch. Disgusting. I didn't watch anymore. Yeah. Disgusting. I, I watched it to form an opinion because I, I I wanted to talk about it in the way that it glamorized suicide and all of these things. But yes. I didn't feel as though that I could talk about it unless I had watched it. So yeah. I watched it and it's disgusting. Don't get me wrong. I get I get that they put a trigger warning. I get that. But it's the same thing as people using graphic rape scenes it, in film. It's just not necessary. And What not, it said to me it, was, sorry for overcutting you there. Sorry, on you go. No, you're all right. No, no, totally. Go on. 
what it said to me was if someone was an arsehole to you, it's okay to kill yourself and then blame them. And that's a good way to get your own back. Yeah. Which it isn't. Like, please, anyone listening, genuinely, like, I feel like I have to say this right now. If you are struggling and um, if you're struggling with anything, please ask for help. Um, Me and Emily, I imagine, I can't speak for Emily, but I'm sure she'll agree with me, have both been in very difficult places and we have came or are coming, because I'm not fully over the shit that I've been through, are coming out Mm -hmm. of it. The best thing that you can do, and trust me, this is from someone who didn't talk about it for years because I was a writer. And it was like, this fuels me and it, it allows me to create these really elaborate stories. But the best thing for you to do is speak to someone. My DMs will always be open um, to anybody that wants to come and have a chat, whether you know me or not. But I will put also in the description show notes the number for Samaritans. Um, they are a great charity. I've spoken to them myself. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are struggling, um, I'm very aware that I'm rambling on about this, but I feel like it's important to say, if you're struggling with anything, please, please, I- I'm begging you, and I don't do that often, speak mm-hmm. to someone and just talk about your issues because, and this is coming from someone who has dealt with it, nine times out of ten, and it's going to be hard for you to hear this, the issues aren't going to be as big as you think they are. And they'll Do you know what as well? To overcome. Just to jump jump off of that as well. Um, sometimes it can be a bad experience that you've had trying to talk to somebody that will prevent you from doing that. Like full disclosure, I went to the doctor when I was 15 um, and I was depressed. And the, um, the doctor that I went to, I sort of, I was just... I was crying and I was trying to I was like I just I feel lost and I, I I struggled to talk to people and the doctor turned around and said to me well you're doing an all right job of it now yeah and I, I didn't to, go back to the doctor till I was 21 so I'll hands on my heart say and it, it's not a nice thing to talk about and I'll have to put a trigger warning at this beginning at the beginning of this episode when I was 16 I tried to kill myself um I took quite close to a lethal dose of cocodamol and mm. at that age, you sort of don't have an option but to be referred to CALMS, a very lovely service that do their utmost to help you. Um, I was told to lose weight and I would feel better about myself I because I've always been hefty. But like at the time, it was my personality. I was called Fat Ingram for fuck's sake. Mm. Um, like that was that was <laughs> being fat was not the issue. <laughs> um, yeah. So there are always going to be times where you can't connect with the person that you were with and um, there are lots of online services now which make it very easy to um mm-hmm. where you can connect with a licensed professional they're not just setting you up with every tom dick or harry that volunteers um you they can set up with a licensed professional i, I don't think it costs too much um because we all know we're living tory britain tory britain gets fun as fuck can't get on a fucking waiting list for anything um but if you're in school if you're in college if you're in university a lot of the time the establishment that you're with offer free counseling yes and i'm gonna say this wholeheartedly i asked for it and i was asked why i wanted it and I told a lie. And that works because when you get into that room with the doctor, you tell them what you want to talk about. And you said, I just didn't feel comfortable with other people knowing. Mm-hmm. So please, please, please talk to someone. And even if you want to shout at somebody, just phone me. I'm all good. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but on a serious note, how are you? I'm going to ask you, and I genuinely want an answer. How okay. are you? Do you know what? I've been I've been very I've been very down for the last couple of weeks and thank God for Annie and Kieran and Connor who I live with. Um fuck Connor Patrick. <laughs> we love you, Connor. JK, we love Connor. We um I, it's been very, very rough for me. I I've I've been feeling better and stuff over the last few months and then the last couple of weeks stuff has been happening that has sort of just triggered everything and I sort of you feel like a disappointment when you have a setback and it's very, very important to try and remind yourself, even though you can't always 
take what you're saying. Um, that it's the people that love you, that genuinely love you, will always be there to support you. And that's what I've been finding lately. So, yeah, it's just a, every day, man, just taking every day as, as it comes, you know, and just doing what you can and trying to be kind to yourself. You know? Yes. Um, I, I, I want to sincerely offer a handout not a handout like if I can need some money I don't have that shit <laughs> um but I want to offer that if you ever need to speak to someone I'm always here unless I'm sleeping unless I'm sleeping do not phone me while I'm sleeping <laughs> I will not hear the end of it but we're gonna play a game we're gonna play another one. Oh, let's do it um what You'll be quite happy to know you have new ones. You have new stage right or stage shites. I'm not going to give you the old ones. Those have been binned. Nobody will ever hear those fucked up stories. Shame. So, um, you know what this is. We've already played it when we played it uh, before. But for everybody that's listening, if you're new to listening to this podcast, this episode is this part of the episode, not the episode, is called Stage Right <laughs> or Stage Shite. And all of our listeners submit stories for us to talk about. And then our lovely producer, who I fancy very much, Hella Spider, and she comes <laughs> up with a fake one. And it is our job to find out which one is not real. And I have the lovely answer in a little envelope that says your name on the front of it so I don't get it mixed up because I've done that before Um, (laughs) (laughs) but so all of the stories are submitted by listeners and if you are new to listening to Drama School Dropout you can email us your story by emailing us at Drama School Dropout pod so just Drama School Dropout pod at gmail.com in acting college it's pretty much mandatory that we go and see the plays that the year below forward slash year above are in one time which is true one time, me and a few friends d- decided to just stay at college before the show to save on the bus fare. I've done this. Side note, our theatre was attached to our college. The classrooms were empty, so we decided to have a sneaky drink before the show. However, we had two hours to kill, and we got pretty <clears throat> drunk. Long story short, we ended up breaking one of the really large set pieces that was being stored in the class for another class's show. We left quickly and never fessed up. Some of the year above show had to be cut because of the lack of set. Oh my God. Number two, once a month, this is something that I would do, by the way. I'm so upset that I never did this. Number two, once a month, I would rank and comment on my entire acting class's performances anonymously. (laughs) And then I would pin it on the classroom door. I was never found out, and some of the comments were very horrible. I wish. God, I I hope that's not true. (laughs) I wish I would have done that. (laughs) Then number three, I was doing a play, and in a scene, I had to get out of bed after having sex, and I was topless. I had mentioned it to my mum, and we had both agreed that my parents wouldn't come. Apparently, she forgot to pass the message along, because (sighs) on the first matinee show, I got out of the bed, tits out, and looked up. (laughs) And there was my dad and both sets of grandparents sitting in the front row. I put my robe on back to front in a hurry. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I think, right, number one's true. Mm -hmm. Number one is true. We have stayed in college to save the bus fare. Our theatre too, like this, but I can say that this wasn't us. Uh, The theatre in our college was attached so mm. it was like we had a we had a swimming pool in our college as well. It was great. Oh my um, god! It was like so we had like a swimming pool, a theater, a bar, a cafe, a library, college. So basically, I was in the bar all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is one hundred percent true. I I there were a few times that I was just like to Connor and Jack, Jack Mayer and Connor Patrick. I was like, why don't we just stay instead of fucking paying two sets of bus fare? And we did. Um, we never got drunk in a college classroom though. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. I have never been drunk on college property except for in the theatre. Um, I, I so I know that one's true. What do mm-hmm. you think? I'm I'm literally praying that two isn't true. Purely I can literally I can just imagine walking into the class and seeing a list and like an but anonymous. Then- <laughs> I'm going to be like nitpicky about this now. 
I don't think you'd be able to get away with it being anonymous. There's cameras everywhere, aren't there? No, it would be very much a coincidence even without that if you were the first person in college every time that list was up. Yeah, but you could just pin it up and then fuck off to the canteen or something. True. Mm-hmm. But then also, if I said to my dad, like, I'm getting my tits out in this show, tell mom not to come, <laughs> I would hope that he would tell her. So I, I'm really confused on this one, actually. Yeah, me and dad already have, like, an agreement that if I've ever got to get naked for a role, he's not seeing it. <laughs> oh, 100%. And he was more than happy with that, so... So I don't know, what one do you think stayed shy? I think the only one that I'm 100% sure is true is number one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like you would remember to tell your husband that his daughter is in a play and is going to get her tits out, so don't go. Especially if both sets of grandparents were there. Surely the yeah. mother would talk to someone. Surely, unless she just wanted to see her daughter crash and burn. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I think I'm going for three. Because she would okay. have spoken to someone. Right, I'm going for number three. I Right, you're going to go three. I'm going to go two. Let's keep right, it You're going to go two. Right, yeah. I'm going to open the envelope and I'm doing it away from the mic again because it's a fucking horrible noise. <laughs> yes! Number yes! two. Yes! Oh, that I'm just, poor girl. Like, I have to say girl. this right now. To whoever sent that third one in, you need to sit your mother, you need to sit your mother down. Because that is not cool. Oh, I am so sorry, my love. That so is sorry. Not cool at all. <laughs> oh dear. And I am oh, so, so I'm so glad. I'm I mean, it's really quite this shows you how well Heather knows me because she makes up the lie. Mm. And I bet she knew that this is something I've never you thought about I, I've never <laughs> actually thought about doing it. I rank them in my head, right? I, I've never publicly announced the rankings, but she's probably sat there like this is what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) But we've come to the end now. Um, Thank fuck that this was not as chaotic as last time. Because that was wild. Oh, genuinely, like, see if we didn't speak so much shit, I'd just put it up. (laughs) But we spoke shit. We spoke a lot of shit. We'd get into trouble. And I'm not editing it, so... (laughs) Like, if I oh. could put that up with no consequences <laughs> and then not editing it and everyone listening to it, I'd put it up. But yeah, fuck that shit. Because we spoke it. shit. But thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. And I always genuinely enjoy it. And um, when are you moving to Newcastle? Um, End of this month. I so you'll already be there. Yeah, the right. Listening to this, I know. going to be a little Geordie lass. Relocating, man. Oh, oh before that... we finish, uh-huh. can I just. You know we're talking about elitism and all that shit. Yeah, but you, you can't say anything anymore. We ran out of time. No, there's just two I'm people. Just there's go, two, go, go, two theatre companies. Go, 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 go. Two theatre yes. companies that I've found. Oh, shout them out. Um, represent. Also, can I just, before you say this, mm-hmm. I was 110% joking when I said that she couldn't speak there. Um, <laughs> in case anybody gets the wrong idea, please, <laughs> on you go. You can speak as much as you want. I was kidding. <laughs> this is the shit that I get paranoid about. <sighs> We, we love we love an anxious brain. We love it. Um, represent Theatre, who are based in London, and they are exclusively made up of working-class actors, which I think is fucking incredible. That's phenomenal. And another one that I found since we last spoke, and I've been doing research, there's this one called Cardboard Citizens, right? And it's, it's based in London as well. And it's exclusively for people that have experienced homelessness or... Um, have lived experience of, of being homeless or on the verge of becoming homeless, um, which I think is just such Amazing. an incredible thing. Yeah, such an incredible thing to, and to have that the in arts the world. Are on the acting. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Fuck Boris, fuck the Tories. Fuck the Tories. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's always genuinely a pleasure. I always have so much fun, and I, I've genuinely you're one of the <laughs> one of the few people I've missed since I dropped out of you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. Like, I've, you know what I'm like. I love a chat. I love a oh, natter. I fucking love it. Um, <laughs> but do you know what I realized the other day? I was like, I've got nothing left to do now for the rest of the month. <laughs> <laughs>
all of the podcasts are edited now all of the podcasts are recorded um but oh. yeah now I, now I can chill which I don't know how to do I don't know how to chill you can watch um, one of the many many shows uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much to everybody who's listened in at home this has been episode whatever number it is I've been Ingram Noble and you've been insert your name Emily Pemberton and um, genuinely, thank you so much, guys. Um, this podcast has been the light in the dark, and I say this all the time, but it means a lot. And we are still charting in three different countries. We are in the UK, we're in France, and we're in New Zealand, which is still mental to say that we are holding strong in the same positions where we entered the charts, which is absolutely mental. Yes, and, and none of that is possible without you guys. Um, if you're feeling generous, or I've just packed it away, if you're feeling generous, please go and follow Emily on Instagram at mpem94. Uh, give her all of the love all of the follows, all of the likes, because it's all free. Comment on her lovely pictures. If you're feeling <laughs> extra, extra generous, scroll down and leave us a little rating and a review because it genuinely helps the podcast and it fuels my ego and my fantasy of being famous. Um, I'll be back again <laughs> next week, same time, same place. Every Tuesday at 7am, there is a new podcast episode for you to listen to. So I'll be back again next week. And I don't know who I'm going to be speaking to yet. So as of time of recording, it's a mystery. See you again <laughs> next week, guys. Oh, and on a point, if you've got any stories for Stage Right or Stage Shite, you can email us, dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you again. Well, you will hear me again next week. Roll the theme tune. Drama School Dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama School Dropout. Your whole course, now try something new. Trying to scoot home.